Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Decision Hour. I'm your host, Adam Bird. I got a great interview lined up for you guys today. Um, get a pen and a pad, uh, to, something to write on. You're, you're going to want to take notes for this one. Um, with me today uh, is Mr. Jeff DePotsy. hope I pronounced that right. Uh, he's a former Tier 1 uh, SF guy, but now he, he's really focusing on sharing the science and the possibilities of a, of a theory that's really kind of long forgotten called post-traumatic growth. And we're going to get into that and some of the other stuff that Jeff's uh, doing today. So without further ado, Jeff, my man, how you doing, brother? I'm good. Absolutely no pressure, eh? Get to the, the pencil and pens out. Wow. Right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh. Hey, man, let's, 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 let's dive into this, man, because I, I really like your story and everything that you're, what you're about and what you're doing right now. Uh, so tell my listeners just a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, uh, like you said, I'm a former tier one operator, but I'll, I'll back up from there because uh, who I am is not really there. I'm, I'm originally from Northern Canada, uh, Northern Ontario to be specific, you know, grew up in the woods, all that kind of nice. good jazz. Yeah. Um, but very early on in my life, I became super intrigued with this concept of stress and adaptation, stress and adaptation. And um, I didn't really call it that at like eight years old. You know, I, I was still picking my nose. Um, <laughs> uh, anyhow, over the years, I explored this and it led me down some dark paths and it led me down some uh, some really great paths. But it, overall, it led me down my path. Yeah. And um, once I got into um, being an operator, I really started to see it play out, the human dynamics of it all, right? Through selections, uh, like this molding of clay um, for, in this case, to make soldiers, right. um, but um, the potential of it to make really um, flexible yet resilient human beings uh, became hyper prevalent. And um, it it forced me down some roads and it guided me down some roads. But one that I, I think is most unique to what we're going to discuss on the show today is after I left the military, I I got what's known as severe PTSD. And severe PTSD has... A lot of factors with it it's not just because of the concussive damage i uh i received it wasn't just because of stressful situations because anyone who leaves the military and tells you that they weren't in some stressful situations is lying to themselves right. you know yeah. uh the pressure of becoming a soldier right basic training is not uh you know beach day with a beer it's it's it's, it's collapsing you in already you know what i mean like physically mentally and anyway so that leads to uh you know, identity shifts afterwards. Um, and then, you know, finding purpose, the military is really good at assigning purpose. So when you step out of all this, there's all these factors, including your health and all that, that you got to start to kind of wrestle with anyways, as I discovered what, you know, I kind of poetically call the dark night of my soul. Um, down there, I, I, I found tools along the way that I, 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 I share. And I, the, the first concept of that, Adam, is like you mentioned, um, is post-traumatic growth. It's knowing that on the other side of post-traumatic stress disorders is this potential to expand your capacity to be uh, that your dark times can come with like really great reason, including connecting yourself to yourself, to others, uh, bringing uh, even more joy into the world. Like it's not a, as I, I say, it's not a promise of like a perpetual smile, right? but it's the ability to handle life with almost more grace uh, and more adaptability. How do you, how does one that is 
dealing with PTSD and, and wants to get to this growth, this post-traumatic growth side of things, how do they, how do they recognize that they, they need to get there? How, do the, how does one take that first step in going that direction? Yeah. Um, what a million dollar question, right? right. In a lot of ways, but here I, I do have some signs and like, we'll call them symptoms if you will, okay. uh, but some signs. So what happens is PTSD is a survival mechanism and it drops your mind down into a survival mode. So it's not a state of weakness. It's actually you stepping into like ultimate warrior mode where you literally constrict down and your tension centers stop throwing signals up to your upper cerebral areas. I'm just like being super colloquial with that. But in essence, it starts to shut down your prefrontal cortex and your higher decision capability because you're focusing in on a problem. Okay. Okay. And as we all know, as soon as you start becoming a soldier, you begin focusing in on a problem, whatever is going to be the mission, you know, for the mandate, whatever that is, that becomes your problem. And you're focusing on your, your training, you're adapting, you're molding to it. Uh, And what this does though, is it creates feedback loops um, that start playing out. So someone can start recognizing um, this constriction through isolation. They are not connected with other people as much. They are not connected with their entire emotional toolbox, right? Usually the emotions they're connected to are shame, guilt, apathy, fear, anger, and then lower level desires. Those are some of your cues, right? Right. Um, For dudes, if you're, you know, like I'll say it, if you're masturbating a lot uncontrollably, like, I don't mean like a fiend, you know, going crazy anywhere in Walmart (laughs) and whatnot. I just mean like porn has got a grip on you. Yeah. That's a distraction and an addiction. So that brings me to my next place to look at. Okay. What are your distractions that are not serving you? Okay. Uh, They can fall into um, addictions, right? uh, You know, like alcohol, drugs and whatnot. Those are some really good signs. Uh, But are you fucking binge watching Netflix? Are you numbing yourself from facing those pains? That's, that's the secret. That's the secret. The ego doesn't allow you access to those, right? Those moments were too stressful, too painful for your nervous system to fully process. So the ego puts up a block. The problem is, is they sit down low in your memory system and they're there kind of like a house of cards, right? Right, Those are the cards that build that up. Um, Now, you know, we we made a documentary called The Dark Night of Our Soul. It'll be released soon. Okay. Um, It it explores all this. It explores my journey through it, explores other people's journeys through it. People who like you look at and you're like, how did you ever pull yourself out of that? You know what I mean? Like um, that is not to make one story more or less. It's all relative. Right. You know what I mean? Like someone's pain is relative. Um, But the first step, no matter what you do, whether you do VR training, ketamine, psilocybin, ayahuasca, uh, stressful events, almost always the first thing you do in order to do these things is interact with someone else. Okay. You start talking to someone else. That's, that's the key. Hey, Adam, I'm feeling this, or I'm thinking this, sorry, you want to say something? No, I want to ask because a lot of listeners for those, you're talking about like, um, you know, psilocybin and and academy and stuff like that, or, uh, these alternative plant-based medicine stuff that we're starting to see more and more of. I did a series uh, on some of this stuff with, with a couple other guys um, late last year, and you're starting to see more and more of these alternative medicines and stuff come up. But they're, you know, I said, Oh, where are you guys going? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll fly to 
California, but then we have to go to Mexico or they, they're flying somewhere else. So it's like there's not a lot of things that are offered here in the United States um, for these types types of treatment. Now, you, you just mentioned that before you start or when you start doing one of these uh, alternatives that, that you start talking to, to somebody, is, is that like uh, you go to like a group setting or something and you have like a guide or a counselor there that's walking you through this process? No, I'm talking about just literal human interaction okay. with a different being, right. like starting there. Yes. Uh, therapies and analysts, uh, coaching, uh, those are all great modalities. You know, some of them are, um, less than awesome, but I don't want to start the conversation with less than awesome because the other thing that gets engaged is your prefrontal cortex. You okay. start actually building new pathways because that's your ability to move from A to B to set goals. Right. So right. symbiotically or in parallel, you're starting to use other parts of your brain. Think of it like muscles. Yeah. We don't use those parts of our brain, different parts, and we just use the anger centers or the limbic systems or whatever. We're only going to use those, right? right? So we got to nurture all of them, including the communication aspect. Um, so you touched on plant-based plant medicines. What they do is they move your brain into a high entropy state. High entropy is what they call chaos. Mm -hmm. um, really, it has a lot of potential to settle. So um, yeah, things like DMT kind of are like living in a dream and they'll, they'll organize and wire, but in essence, you're disrupting your pattern. Um, so anything that disrupts your pattern, which IE is out of your comfort zone. Okay. okay. Not the edge of your comfort zone, but out of it. So things you've never explored before okay. will do this very same disrupt. It'll force your brain to try to recalibrate in reality. Okay. Now, um, plant-based medicines are really great. Uh, you mentioned here in the U S we are starting something called citizen green that will use medical cannabis um as the the base for altered states um it is very powerful you know uh we use it kind of recreationally or as a numbing agent but it actually has great potential to help someone out um and we found a way um to bring it to the vets because it's not fully covered in the us and canada we're going to have it covered yeah. uh, but at about 30 percent um at least discount um, no matter where they go, really. So that'll that'll be uh, uh, something like we're super happy about. And then that, when they um, move into that program, they're also going to get access to uh, basically my programming for um, walking the post-traumatic growth cycle, if you will. Okay. And all the tools and steps along that. Let me, let me interrupt you real quick. For the listeners yeah, that are, do. Jeff, for, for people that are listening right now and they want to get in touch with you, work with you, or find out more information about what you do, where can they, where can they get that information? Um, I think no matter where you are in your journey of life, yeah. um, you could stop by posttraumaticgrowth.film okay. and watch our, our trailer and the reason I mentioned that, Adam, is so that we can start building trust so that people know that, like, I'm not just singing off a prescribed sheet of music here. Um, and it starts to build like that, that symbiotic nature and trust. Uh, also, they could check out the specialforceexperience.com um, and head down the rabbit hole there. There's there's all different kinds of things. And that'll bring you into the Citizen Green um, area and then. Not just the program, guys and gals, it, it'll also be uh, a really great container for conversation and whatnot, um, which are important. You know, a lot of people say these words yeah, and um, there's something missing. And I know I, I have my theory on what's missing, um, 
but I, I don't, you know, I, I can touch on it. Yeah, I will let's, because let's I, hear it, man. So I think you, you can project from a love-based paradigm okay. or a fear-based paradigm. Fear-based paradigm is anything that's like I mentioned those fear-based emotions earlier, right? Um, where that patterning is set into your body and your mind, and where you filter information through and you project it outwards. There is another option to us. Um, I don't want to say it's taken away like by some evil villain because it's not that. It's just the way our consciousness is adapted over time as a species, as a whole, whether you're a creationist or, you know, a Darwinist or some kind of like fundamental physicist, it's getting more complex. Okay. Okay. And we are just starting to fully grasp our capability of what that means to project from these other perspectives. And um, most of the containers that are built are built from a fear-based place. There, there are attempts to to do it from a love-based place, but there's a few little things missing in there. And I, I, I really, I, I don't want to go down it too much because right. then it can start a little sounding a little finger pointy, and that's not how I am and right. uh, what I really look to do. That's interesting, though. Listen, folks, if you're already on, if you're listening to the show, first off, it means you're online. So just open up another browser, um, and you can go to. Uh, the special forces experience.com or go to post traumatic growth dot film. Did I say that? Was that correct? Yeah. Enough? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And check that and check that out and, fo- and follow him and get, get involved and let's get, let's have some conversations guys. Um, Jeff, I want to back up real quick. Yeah, no problem. You transitioning out of the military. What was that transition like for you? You touched a little bit on it so that's that's question one the second part of that question is how long have you been working on this post-traumatic growth okay um well unfortunately the militaries of the world haven't caught on yet that the transition phase should be at least as long as some kind of like a quote-unquote basic training length or something you know at least i'm just throwing that out there i I agree I, i think I think at the end, it would save the money. It would save a lot of homeless issues, a lot of drugs and all that kind of stuff to undo, right? Just like Rambo said, you don't just turn this off, you know, no matter where you are, like you you don't. Great reference. Um, So for me, it was a little bit like kick to the curb-ish. The problem is, is there is programs, but they're so disjointed and they're, they're not holistic and they're not designed to flow really well with a transitioning soldier at all. Um. So the first little bit was, it was pretty chaotic in a lot of ways, getting my footing, you know, like asking questions, what am I going to do? Because like, I, I kind of had this, I don't really want to be a contractor or work for the government feeling after I left the military. I was like, I, I want to own my time a little more. Yeah. And then I was like, man, I was a sniper for so many years. I was an operator. I was an infantry guy. What am I going to do with what I'm going to do? But, you know, as I allowed space to open up, creative solutions did come in. So like most people's transition, it was a little bit funky. Um, and like most, it usually takes about two years to fully like get the speed wobbles and allow like things like PTSD start setting in or PTS uh, or any of the issues that come with that, like yeah. the myriad of them. Um, yeah. The, the So the term post-traumatic growth, uh, it was coined by a couple American guys, Tedeschi and Calhoun in the 90s right around the same time as PTSD, but it didn't get traction, even though it's as old as time. You know, it, it's a very human cycle, right? To be stressed and grow stress. Think about like Herculean labors and right. myth and 
Joseph Campbell's hero story, right? We go into darkness, we get stronger. We bring an elixir back, something for others. Um, so what we actually did is we started doing something we call intentionally facilitating post-traumatic growth, where you purposefully stress, you know, physiologically and psychologically a person. Yeah. And that allows that what we'll call altered state to open up and allow new possibilities in. Um, and we can do this without dictating what those new possibilities should be, right? We just set, we set the container, the arena for this to be a potential. Um, because it, there's something really interesting about humans. You know, we get some, I'd say almost all of us have been to a very dark place. But as soon as you're actually thrust into survival mode, you kick into gear. You know what I mean? Like if someone starts, if someone's depressed and you start choking them, they usually fight for their life. Right. And that actually gets juices flowing. It gets the mind going. It does a whole bunch of good things. Now I'm not saying we choke people to, to help them out. Uh, it's much more, uh, a scalpel than a hammer. Um, but it's just, it's human nature, right? Like, um, there's something about it that, uh, I think is also paradoxical because when we're, a little too cushy and not in survival mode and we're depressed man that's a recipe for some disaster yeah yeah so this this post-traumatic growth you know i i'm kind of i'm a visionary kind of guy so i'm i'm hearing what you're saying and i'm i'm and for me i can't help but to compare like if you have ptsd that that some would say that's a a, a negative that you're trying to combat overcome what have you and then post-traumatic growth would be the the opposite of that or the positive side of that and it sounds like this traumatic growth is is when you can get people on that where they're opening up like you said uh, it opens up you know worlds of possibility for them and and what's wrong with that nothing i think that's what we we need we need more of. I, I, I'm surprised because it, it wasn't until when we, we, we first met um, that I'd heard post-traumatic growth, even that, that phrase. You know, I'm, I'm familiar, obviously, with, with PTSD and PTS and, and whatnot, but the first time I've, I've heard post-traumatic growth was the first time you and I had, had spoken and whatnot. And I, I was kind of uh, upset that we haven't heard about it or we don't hear about it as, as much. Why I could touch on why, please. Why I think, anyways, this is this is the world according to me. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't pay the bills, insurance doesn't cover it, yeah. disabilities don't cover it. It's not part of that holistic solution. Um, so it, it's a little bit tricky to implement. Uh, I think we all know this, Adam, to our core, to be true. Yeah. Um, it's just right now we've. And, and I'm not pointing the finger at anyone because everybody who came before me has, for you, for me, has yeah. laid the foundation for us to have this conversation. So it's not a finger point. What it's about is dropping our old psychic pillars that hold up our mentality right now yeah. and knowing that some of our systems were created from a fear-based mindset, which means they may not be ideal for our long-term survival, but definitely not ideal for us to thrive, to to achieve expanded states. Like I'm not talking about like, some dope smoking hippie expanded states. I'm just talking about the ability to emotionally feel love more, to feel more connected to everything we do, you know? 
Um, so that that's my like my thought on why it hasn't caught the same speed. Um, and then you know the way the medical system works is they don't want to ever give false hope, as they call it, right, with any kind of diagnosis. I just think it's uh, counterproductive. I think it actually makes us um, look away from something that can make us stronger. Um, and I, I don't think there's anything really wrong with giving hope. You know what I mean? Like right. it's, it's not a, this is the solution. This is the way it's like, Hey, this is maybe why you're suffering. Cause everybody that pulls out of the deepest, darkest pits of PTSD, which everyone is capable, anyone listening, you are capable. There are people out there. Um, just kind of like the first step has to be you mostly. It has to be, you know, you have to be the one who takes the first step. That's the unfortunate part, I think. Uh, but it, it, it works both ways, but, um, the, um, oh man, I lost my train of thought there. Where was I going? Hey, you were coming out of it. We were talking about the, the medical side of it and, and you don't feel like it's, and I agree with you on this. You, we should be giving hope to people. There's nothing wrong with Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. Um, one of the greatest badges of honor, and we've seen this through history, Adam, is those who have conquered dark times and what we call incorporated them in healthy ways have been some of the most powerful people on earth. And we almost like owe it to each other to do this as a species so that we don't keep repeating cycles that don't serve us. Right. And that's the key. Um, Traumas come from even before we're born through epigenetics or handed down in our DNA uh, and then we're conditioned. They're there. And, and I use the word trauma as a catch-all, um, but just energetics. It's all atomic energetics that gets warped and morphed. And so that's an evolutionary factor. Yeah. Um, just humans have this really fucking cool ability. We can consciously do this. You know what I mean? We're the only creatures we know of that can do this. Like the universe has gifted us the ability to create like this. And um, as we transmute our shadows or our traumas, um, we will see a little bit more and a little bit more of what we're actually, I mean, look what we're capable of now. Yeah. Um, What could 8 billion of us like really not like working together towards necessarily a single goal, but like, like what could we be possibly like, I don't even, I can't even imagine what we could do. You know, I can't. It leaves you speechless trying to think about mm-hmm. it because there's so many possibilities. And I, and quite frankly, the, the word hope just keeps coming up into my mind right now. Like, man, you, you just spread hope and positivity in the world. If, if we did more of that, you know. Yeah. That, if, if I may, Adam, yeah. I, I hate to cut you off, but I've kind of boiled it down to just the individual believing in themselves to be themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not like some skewed individualistic uh, dysmorphation of it, but or dysmorphia of it. Yeah. But just the belief that you can be yourself. Um, in, in I, I like I'm downplaying its complexity, but its simplicity is true. Like For- believing that you can manifest yourself, and then ultimately the collective stuff will take care of itself. I think. I love it. I love it. Um, Jeff, you mentioned you're doing a documentary uh dark night of our soul any idea when that's coming out or when when people expect yeah yeah um so we're may 15th um we're going to start showing a a short version of it okay um and what we're going to do is we got to raise some funds just to 
to finish up the last little bit. Um, we kind of did this backwards. So this was our first documentary. So we learned a lot of lessons, uh, but we knew we wanted to get this out. And um, yeah, what we're eventually, um, the idea is October, mid-October will be the launch date for the full thing, but it could be sooner yeah. depending on um, our impact campaign to run funds and stuff like that. But yeah, the short, and not only that, what we're doing is we're going to show the short and then we're going to hold a panel, but not just like a one-way conversation. We want to start having the conversation because you've learned things that I haven't learned and I've learned things that someone else hasn't learned. And somewhere in there, like a Venn diagram will be the overlap of what we can really do. That's cool, man. Listen, I, I, we're coming up on time, Jeff, and I <clears throat> I got a feeling you and I could just talk for hours on this because I'm, I'm just fascinated <laughs> with this stuff. But I, I have one more question for you, my friend. Sure, it's a question shoot. I ask everybody. Um, you're on the show. It's called The Decision Hour, and we, we make decisions every single day. Name a time in your life where you had to make that decision. Your feet were on the line, and you have to make that decision. What was it, and what was the atmosphere like at that time? You know, I could default to to doing a military one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little farther back. Um, and this one's a little bit different. It was um, I I'd, I'd strayed off my path, if you will, yeah. and I fell into drugs and alcohol, and I was arrested uh, a few times. And then uh, one day, my mother came to speak to me through the glass on the phone in the orange jumpsuit, and. Um, it would have been easy for me to keep following the easy path for me, you know, keep destroying myself, keep fucking around. Yeah. Um, but in that moment, I sensed the desperation in my mom that she was, she wasn't disappointed in me. She was disappointed. She thought she failed. Um, and it changed everything. It was one of those decisions that was in an instant, uh, literally standing feet on the ground. Um, but yeah. And that, I think that's the one I would go with. Man, I, Thank you for sharing that with us. Jeff, I really appreciate you taking time out of the day to talk with us today, man. No, pleasure's all mine, Adam. You guys are doing good work. Hey, you always got an open mic here, my friend. All right. Folks, Thank you. that's uh, that's all the time that we got. Make sure that we're going to have uh, websites up uh, again. If you're listening to the show, open up another browser, posttraumaticgrowth.film. Uh, is is one of the websites you could also go to the special forces experience.com let's get involved folks uh before we let you go also go check out our parent network heroes media group all the new shows we've got some new shows uh, going on over there as well as some new events coming up and articles that are out so go check out the website heroesmediagroup.com until next time you've been listening to the decision hour